Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, we're going to go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Holy Spirit of the living God, thank you for being present here. Thank you that you are at work and you are alive in our lives. Thank you that you have constituted us as the church. That we belong to something much bigger than ourselves. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have grafted us into a family. That life in Christ is more than just our private, personal relationship with you. It definitely involves that. But Lord, you have also brought us into a family. A family in process, a very messy family. A family sometimes where we get hurt in but a family nonetheless, and a family that you love and a family that you died for. And we're grateful for that. And Father, I pray today that under the preaching of the word that you would continue to speak. Lord, you've spoken through uh, each one of us. We ask that you would also speak through the scriptures. And Father, I pray that you would anoint these clay lips and that truth and grace and life and love would flow powerfully and mightily through my life and that we would hear and respond by the grace of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. i got a word for you guys today out of Psalm 23. We're going to begin in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Some of you need to know today, he's with you. You're walking through a dark, scary, lonely, confusing season or stretch of your path. I just want to announce to you today, you're not alone. He is with you. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, all hell can be breaking loose against your life right now, but I want you to know there's a feast that is set before you. There's provision. There's sustenance. There's grace right in the very middle of the battle. It's a safe zone. It's a safe place. It's a sweet spot. You've got a place at the table. You don't have to fight for that place at the table. There's a spot with your name on it. You've got a seat at the table right in the middle of all of the opposition against you. We, we don't need to be worried about warfare. Warfare is natural. Right, you get that? Warfare is natural because we're on the move. We're on the offense. We're, we're bringing light into dark places. We're bringing life where there's death that abounds. We have a message that we bring. We, we come in the spirit of Christ. What, war, warfare is going to be all around us, but guess what? There's a table that's set before us right in the presence of our very enemies, and ain't nothing they can do about it. So be at peace. Peace be with you. You anoint my head with oil. 
and my cup overflows. I just speak over you today. Your cup overflows. It overflows. Guys, guys, you need to know that everywhere you go, you're leaking. You leak out. You spill. You spill. And you know what the definition of ministry is? Freely you have received, freely you give. So, man, get in the presence of God. Get in the word of God. Get with the people of God. Engage with the spirit of God, and you'll get full. You'll fill up. But we never get filled up just so we can stay full. You know, you know what that is? That's fat. That's fat. Hey, listen, I love a good meal. I love a good meal. But, man, if I don't do anything with that good meal, I got to stay active. I got I to gotta burn that stuff off. I got to give it out. I got to do something with it. Come on now. All right, listen, listen, listen. Your cup overflows. God's got something for you, for your life to spill out and to spill over to all the people that are around you. You live in a desert, naturally. But no, you live in a spiritual desert. I think we don't realize this, man. The people that are around us, they may have a happy face on. They may think everything's good, going their way. But they live in a spiritual desert. The people around you live in a desert. And when they bump up against your life, boop, spill, whoop, water. Life. Life. What does water do? Water refreshes. Water cleanses. I don't know about you, man. The scripture tells us we live in a dirty world, polluted, corrupted, contaminated. It's everywhere. The things we listen to, the things we watch, the social media, the conversations around us. It's like, ugh, I'm just getting slimed everywhere I go. And you know what happens? Man, don't engage in that foolishness with your conversation, with the jokes you laugh at. No, don't engage in that. Right? You don't have to be weird about it, but realize that, that the water of God in your life, when you bump up against someone, it's cleansing them. It's cleansing their mind. It's cleansing their heart. It's cleansing their emotions. It's bringing hope in life. Water brings life. Jesus says, I am the water of life. Your cup runneth over, Antioch, in Jesus' name. Number six, surely goodness and love or goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Here's what's cool. Not only does he go ahead of us, right? He leads us, so it means he's ahead of us. So guess what? Wherever your path is leading you right now, someone's already gone ahead of you. Your good shepherd goes ahead of you, and we know his voice, right? Because his sheep know his voice. So even if you're going into some scary situations, somebody has already gone ahead of you. But then we find out that he's with us, So not only is he ahead of us, he's walking right there with us. And that he hems us in. He surrounds us and covers us, walking right alongside of us. But then we find out that something's coming behind us. Somebody's got your back, right? Surely, good, surely, surely goodness and mercy will follow you. You ain't got to trip. You ain't got to be, you ain't got to be scared. You ain't got to be afraid because guess what? When you turn around, goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy. Sometimes you just need to turn around and go, hey, goodness and mercy, and just keep on walking. Goodness and mercy right there, and they're going to overtake you. I just declare over your life, the goodness and the mercy and the love of God are going to overtake your life in the name of Jesus. And he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. By the way, I know David said that was a good sermon earlier. That wasn't the sermon, guys. That wasn't the sermon. 
Okay, that was, that was just the liturgy, liturgy of the gospel proclamation. Okay, this is the sermon. Don't be trying to like take that away from me now. Okay, you're not getting two sermons. This is, this is the sermon. That was overflow. Okay, hey, let's talk about this a little bit. Number one, the psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd. And by implication, that really means that we are his sheep. Now, sheep are some dumb folk. Sheep are dumb. I was telling Chrissy last night, I don't know where this came from, but when I was in Holland, my dad was in the military, and, and we lived out in the country. I had to take an hour uh, bus ride to school every day, and um, we had all these crazy animals. We had these little chinchillas. We had, these, we had like 20 parakeets and this massive outdoor deal. I think there was some kind of agreement that my dad had to make that in order to stay at this particular house out in the country in Holland, we had to take care of all these obscure animals. And one of those obscure animals was a sheep. It was a, it was a sheep. And Chrissy goes, that's, that's strange. Like, you know, yeah, I have dogs, I have cats, I got a sheep. Meh. You know, it's like, and, and, you know, I was fourth grade, and so, man, I would get in there, I'd, you know, I'd try to ride them and, you know, just crazy stuff. But sheep are dumb. Sheep are stupid. And I could preach a whole message on how stupid sheep are. Literally, man, they just follow one another off the cliff and, you know, they'll bury their nose into something and they just, they get stuck, they get trapped. That's why sheep need a shepherd. And I'm just here to announce to you today, uh, as sheep number one, chief sheep, man, dude, I need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. I read this statement in this commentary by Charles Spurgeon, and it's just a powerful statement. He says, we must cultivate the spirit of dependence. We've got to cultivate that because dependence is not something that's intuitive. It's not. We don't like being dependent. I don't like being dependent. I like being independent. I like being independent. I don't like anyone telling me what to do. I want to call all my own shots. I don't want to trust anybody else because people will let me down. I want to be able to be self-sufficient, self-sustained, self-contained. But that's not what a sheep is. A sheep is utterly dependent. And Jonathan preached a message a year or two ago as we were walking through the Lord's Prayer. And that message that he preached was on, give us this day our daily bread. And the whole message was about cultivating trust and dependence. The Christian life is not a life of perfection or performance. The Christian life is not a life about watch how good I am. The Christian life is not a life about look at how many times I pray because I'm so awesome. No, the Christian life is, Lord, I am utterly dependent upon you for the very breath that I breathe. I'm utterly dependent upon you for everything natural and spiritual. I'm utterly dependent upon you for even the rains that come or do not come. I'm utterly dependent upon you for everything that happens in my life. I need you. I need you. Lord, I need you. We pray as a staff for you guys regularly. And on Monday or Tuesday, we were in here and and I said, guys, I have all these things that I want to pray for the church about. And I mapped up all, all these things. And then as I opened my mouth, None of those things were hit. Just out of my spirit, I just said, God, I need you. Lord, help me to become aware of how utterly dependent upon you I am. That's before I even realized that we were going to speak on this today. God, my, guys, my, my, my appeal to you today, my appeal is uh, if you are trying to live the Christian life outside of utterly depending on God to live the Christian life, 
your Christian life is broken. That approach doesn't work. That approach actually will set us up for failure. Let me try to say this another way. If we're trying to live the Christian life in our own strength and in our own ability, in our own power, it's not going to work. It, it will not work. And it will set you up for frustration and for disappointment. Because you might do pretty well for a while, and then life will happen, or, or, or disciplines will break down, and then all of a sudden condemnation will set in. Because the only way that we can live this life is utterly dependent on the sustenance of his grace and his strength and his life. It is the only way this is possible. Are you with me today? So the Lord is my shepherd. Now here's, here's what's cool. This is so personal. David says the Lord is my shepherd. It's not just the Lord is a shepherd. It's not just the Lord is the shepherd. It is the Lord is my shepherd. He is owning and personalizing his dependence. He is saying, I belong to the fold. I belong to the flock. I belong to the family. I have made myself utterly dependent upon you. It's not, the Lord, they need, they need you to be their shepherd. It's, Lord, I, I need you to be my shepherd. Come and bishop my soul. Come and oversee my life. Come and provide, come and guide, come and protect, come and direct every area of my life. I am utterly dependent upon who you are. Now, the next phrase here, and I'm going to try to walk through this semi-quickly. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and he says, I shall not want. I shall not want. Now, does that mean that I get everything that I want? No, it does not. That, that, that want is different than wish. He's not saying, I, I have everything that I wish. He's not saying that. He is saying that when I choose to live a life of utter dependence, God will never fail me for those things that he deems and knows that I actually need. Now, we think that we need certain things, but it's really if we're going to be sheep and we're going to live the Christian life in a manner that is utterly dependent upon him, then we have to trust that he knows what we need. We don't get to dictate what we need. And that's difficult. That's difficult because I think I know what I need. I think I know what I need, but I don't know what I really need. Here's what I know. Here's, what's, here's the clarity in the midst of the uncertainty. He is faithful, and he is good, and he is perfect, and he is all-wise, and he can be utterly depended on and trusted for all things. And therefore, I say, Lord, would you give to me my daily bread? Would you give unto me my daily bread? Now, the Lord is a provider in your lives, Antioch. I want, to, I want to encourage you just very quickly from a couple other scriptures here. The Lord is a provider in your life. Denise, help me here. We're going to go to Psalm 34, verse 10. Psalm 34, verse 10. We're going to just walk through a couple of passages here to bolster our faith. The scripture says, The lions may grow weak and hungry. Now, the lions are predators, <laughs> The lions are self-sufficient, self-sustained animals. They're hungry, they go on the hunt, they go on the prowl, but even lions grow hungry and weak because lions don't get to dictate and determine where, where everything is around them. So even the lions, these strong, beastly creatures, they may grow hungry, they may grow weak. The scripture says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. They lack no good, you will lack no good thing. I declare that over your lives today. Psalm, Psalm 37. Go with me to Psalm 37, verse 25 and verse 26. 
Psalm 37, verse 25 and 26. I was young, and now I am old. Don't be rebuking that. I just renounce that. I am not old. I am young, and now I'm old. Or maybe we could say I'm young, and now I'm older. And yet, I love this, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I declare, Antioch, that you will be young and you will grow older and you will never see the righteous forsaken. You will never see the righteous forsaken. You will never, it may not come immediately. It may not come exactly in the way or in the package or in the wrapping that you have dictated for it to be, but I declare over you, you will never be forsaken and you will never see the righteous forsaken or your seed will never beg for bread because he will give you your daily bread. He will give you your daily bread in Jesus' name. They are always generous and they lend freely. Their children will be blessed. Now, the spirit of generosity is not necessarily when we have, every, when we have the overflow, right? The spirit of generosity isn't necessarily tense, tested when we're in abundance. The spirit of generosity, and, and don't, just think, just, don't just think just materially. Don't think just financially. Some of you are in a, some of you are in a season right now, and I'm going to be very pastoral with this. I'm going to try to be by the grace of God. Even when you're going through just the dark night of your soul, I'd like to appeal to you. Look at this verse right here. They are always generous, and they lend freely. So even when you're going through the dark night of your soul, there are such deep reserves in you. And even when your reserves are depleted, there is a lifeline of the Spirit of God and the grace of God flowing through you. Don't hold that up. Don't hold that up. When you need everybody in the world to pray for you, maybe the very thing that activates your turnaround is the fact that you actually reach out and you pray for somebody else. Just do that. Try it. You need healing? Pray for the sick. You need restitution in your family? Go pray for somebody else's kids. You need a breakthrough financially? Give a seed. Help somebody else out. Pray for somebody else's school loans. Pray for somebody else's light bills to be turned on. Whatever that is, stay in this posture of giving and receiving. Stay in that posture of giving and receiving. Because I'm telling you, here's, here's the trap. Here's the snare. And I know it. I've been there. It's easy to do. It's God. I need. I need this. I need this. I need this. And so we lock up. We get blocked up. Now, I'm not, I'm not invalidating anybody's need. I understand. Yes, you do need that. But part of what's going to unlock life flowing th- to you is if, God, if you can get it through me, you'll get it to me. So I'm going to keep, keep my radar up for, Lord, who's around me? that might need the very thing that I need so that I become a conduit. Now watch, watch. Now, when it flows through you to someone else, guess what just happened? You became a recipient of that very thing that you needed that you gave to somebody else. That's kingdom thinking. That's not natural thinking, right? Natural thinking is, if I need $100, I'm going to jack somebody for $100, If I need $100, the last thing I want to do is try to give $100 away. If I need $100, I'm I'm turning over, you know, couches. I'm going in my car, in my ashtray. I'm looking for $100. The last thing I'm trying to do is help somebody else get $100. Are you with me? But the way of the kingdom is, hey, listen, freely you shall give. Freely you shall receive. Do it. I promise you. Try it. Try it out. I dare you. Double dog dare you. 
Take a look with me at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Now, we just referenced verse 11, which is the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. But in the same context here of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, from 25 through 34, so the remainder of the chapter, Jesus has this amazing teaching about do not worry. Don't worry. Hey, take a look at the lilies of the field. Look at how they're clothed. Take a look at the grass. Take a look at the birds. They're not feeding themselves. They're being fed by the goodness and the generosity of God. They're living a life of trust. They're living a life of dependence. And so he is saying, why are you allowing worry and anxiety and fear to, go, to, to govern your life? I'm your shepherd. I'm with you. I'm ahead of you. I'm coming up behind you. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. And some, I, you know, some, we're going to get here in a second, probably at the table, but some of us just need to say, Lord, I just give you the reins. I just give you the reins. Some of you guys, you know why you're so tired? You know why you're so tired? Because you've just been, just cramps all up here, holding the reins, holding the reins. And I'm telling you, man, the stallions of life, the stallions of life, I'm getting cramped up right here just doing this right now. Yeah, just, y'all got to just do a little of this right here. Just release the reins. Give him the reins. Yeah, give him the reins and let him lead your life. Listen, I know this is counterintuitive to all the self-help, all the business programs, all the church growth seminars, and there's, there's, there is incredible validity to preparation and planning, and I'm for that. I'm for living wisely, but I'm for living wisely as a good steward who lives in the grace of God, trusting him for his daily bread in my life every day. So do not worry, beloved. I tell you, verse 25, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? The body more important than clothes? Now, we, we, we don't need to get immature about this and start making irrational, unwise, and foolish decisions. And I, this, this, there's, always this, there's always this tension. Man, pastor said, don't worry about anything. I'm going to just drive this credit card up, and I'm not going to worry about a thing. I'm not saying that. Go read Proverbs. Go read Proverbs. Just, you know, the, the kingdom exists within this dynamic tension. So listen I, listen, I do. Man, we have a budget. We cut things out of our budget. We make plans. We tell our kids all the time that's not in the budget. If you want something, work for it, save it, earn it. And then, that's, that's wise living. But within that wisdom, we're tapping into a sovereignty and a supernatural dependence upon the goodness and the grace of God in the middle of that. It works together, right? Okay, um, read Matthew 6, 25 through 34 on your own. All right, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians, two more verses of Scripture here. Jonathan, you can come on up, bud. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ has already been procured and secured for you. Every spiritual blessing in Christ has been, has been purchased for you. That's part of your provision. That's part of what the shepherd holds on to for you. Grace, life, forgiveness, hope, healing, love, spiritual gifts, faith, all of these things, they've been, they, have been, they have been obtained for you. 
and they're a part of what the Father provides for you. So don't be afraid to ask him, beloved. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask him. Lord, I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your life. I need your patience. I need your perspective. I ask God for that all the time. Lord, I'm not seeing clearly. I need your discernment. Lord, I got some big decisions that I need to make. I need your wisdom. Listen, the scripture just told us right now, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You have spiritual blessings that are part of your provision as a sheep who belongs to the shepherd. Last verse, 2 Peter. Maybe, maybe, maybe two more verses. 2 Peter. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Are we all still walking together this morning? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I like this one. His divine power, God's divine power, which, by the way, for those of you guys who are unaware, he's all-powerful. He's got all of it. His divine power has given us everything. Say everything. That was pretty lousy. I'm going to give you guys another opportunity. I know you're not lousy, but that response was lousy. His divine power has given us? Okay, that's the Antioch way right there. Everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life. And it's not your power. It's not how hard you pray. It's not how good you are, how loud you shout, how high you jump. His divine power has given us everything we need for life, life, life. Don't get over spiritual with this stuff. Lord, I, guys, I, I ask the Lord to help me in everything. I ask the Lord to help me with family rhythms. Lord, help me bring order into my home. Because if my house is chaotic, guess what? It don't matter how spiritual I think I am. My house is falling apart for God's sake. I need your divine power to enter into me planning my meals, chopping vegetables and trash, washing my clothes. Loving on my children. I do, man. I ask the Lord, God, help me. Anoint me to be a father. Anoint me to be a husband. Anoint me to be, I need this for life and godliness. And together, works together. His divine power, not yours, has given you everything. Say everything that you need. You have needs. We have needs. You're dependent. I'm dependent. Cultivate a life of dependence. Everything you need for life and godliness is in him. Part of our maturity is learning, learning how to not make demands. The part of our maturity is learning union with Christ, learning trust, learning dependence, taking what he has given unto us, being good stewards and responsible with it and growing. That's part of our spiritual maturity to see all of life as God being involved in it, intricately, intimately involved in all of life as spiritual ramifications. Amen? Would you stand together with me this morning? Denise, I'm going to ask you to put one more verse of scripture up for me. It's 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to read 23 through 25. And we're going to let this set 
our focus for the table this morning. Second Peter 1 verse 23 says, when they hurled their insults at him, the context here is Jesus on the cross and just, just in front of an angry, ugly, just angry people, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. He could have, but he did not retaliate. Instead, he entrusted himself. He became, the good shepherd became a sheep. Look at that. He entrusted himself. The reason why Jesus can ask us to trust our lives to him is because he already did it. Our big brother said, hey, listen, you can trust the father. Let me show you. Let me show you. And he entrusted, he laid his life down. John chapter 10, which talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, six times, six times in a matter of seven verses, I lay my life down. I lay my life down. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. I lay my life down. I lay my life down. Submission, trust, dependence. So here's what he says right here. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Verse 25, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd, the bishop of your soul. And so here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna grab this body. We're gonna grab this cup and we're gonna say, Lord, I trust you. Be my shepherd. We're just saying, be my shepherd and help me cultivate a life of dependence. I wanna invite you to the table of the Lord today.